name. As we gaze at this text in Romans 14, chapter, let's continue walking through this book of Romans as we may look. If you look at the numbers, we're almost at the 16th chapter, almost at the end. But where we're picking up it now is where we have the practicality or the application of this letter. Where Paul has spoke long and wide dealing with the doctrines and the teaching of, the, of Christ. We've talked about salvation. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. we talked about how we uh, wrestle with our flesh when we said how we want to do good but evil is always present. Who can save, O wretched man of my but glory? Be to Lord our God who's able to save us. And then we talked about how we, we desire to pursue the spirit and not the flesh. For soon pursuing the, the deeds of the flesh only gives us death. But if we live after the spirit, we have life and peace. If you want peace, just tell your neighbor, I want some peace. And the way we have peace is living in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, I need that peace. And so in order for us to have this peace, we have to be in the spirit. And the way that we can be of the spirit is that we need to be born again. And if you have not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have not been born again. Jesus said that don't be surprised at what I am saying when he said this to Nicodemus saying you must be born again. He pointed out that flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And so he's highlighting that in order for us to be born again, it's not by choice, it's not by will, it's not by strength, it's not by genealogy, but only by the spirit of God. I'm not talking to somebody here. And, and you say, what's that got to do with what, what was just read in the Romans 4 chapter? Well, if you are not of the spirit, you can't get into the kingdom. Amen. And if you can't get into the kingdom, you're going somewhere else. But whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. See, that's where that peace comes in. You got peace knowing that you got a home over in glory. And so while you putting up with some of the mess that's here on earth, you're able to wake up morning by morning, go to bed night by night, knowing that this is not my home. So therefore, let me live a life. Worth living. And that's living for the kingdom. Living for the kingdom means I will build up, not tear down. Let me say that one more time. Living for the kingdom means I will build up and not tear down. Just look to your left, look to your right. Many times our eyes always catch something that's negative. When you look to your left, you look to your right, you notice something that just didn't look right to you. You just look, because that's how we are. Nothing wrong with that, but we are quick to point out imperfections. Because we desire perfection. Uh, Y'all quiet on me now. And the reason why we desire perfection, because we want everything to be how we want it to be. And we have the audacity and to think that we know what's right. If we know what is right, then why is so much stuff wrong? 
And the reason is because we do not know by ourselves what is right. But if we look to God, who is the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega, matter of fact, I'm just going to shut it down right now. He is the creator. If I look to him who created everything, I think he might be able to tell me how things ought to go. And so when we get into this process, it says to us not to look down on our brother or be look at them with judgment or contempt. I hope you sit next to somebody you like this morning. Because if it's not, you might start getting uncomfortable in your seat. But the test that God has told us that we need to do is that when we see a brother, we see a sister, we should first give a word of uplift. And the sad standpoint, but before we can give that word of uplift, they see your face. Uh-huh. Somebody, somebody hurting right now. If I'm hurting you, just, just blink. Nobody else can see you but me. Just blink. Just blink. Because what happened is that your face tells you how you're not happy to see them, but you try to force a smile that cracks up your face and try to say, how you doing today? But when you're phony, you're phony. When you're fake, you're fake. And, 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 and a sad standpoint is that people see what's going on. You can try to fool them, but God sees your heart. And the suspect aspect of this that when you get convicted, your conscience starts messing with you. And so I should be building up, not tearing down. I need, I need to look to see how I can encourage my brother. Paul uses the example of what's happening in Rome about dealing with food, dealing with drink, dealing with days of worship. That's not our hang-ups in our time. Our hang-ups is, is what do you wear? How much do you give? What car do you drive? And then this is a kicker, where do you go to worship? Because if you don't meet my standards, then you're not as good as me. People talk about, well, our church is doing this, or we are doing this, or I drive like this, or I can give this much. And we use all these things as measurements of how good our God is. But let me help somebody out. That has nothing to do with it. Some people give because God's prospering that they can give as much as they want. Some people give because they have only little things and they give little, but that is as much as they can give. But the key thing that we need to look is this, that God measures the giver, not the gift. Paul is pointing out here that whatever you do, whatever you do, it, do it with a clear conscience. Do it with a heart towards the Lord, because whether you live, whether you die, you belong to the Lord. If you belong to your Lord, tell your neighbor, I belong to the Lord. And since I belong to the Lord, I'm going to live for the Lord. And since I'm going to live for him, watch out, help me out, somebody, I'm willing to die for him. Because if I look at the process, did not Christ come to give us life and give us life more abundantly? He's showing it to us that he wants to build us up and not tear us down. It says look to build it. If, if, you, if in doubt, Leave it out. If you have considerations of you want to knock somebody down, you don't think you're going to say the right thing, then don't say it. When in doubt, tell your neighbor, throw it out. 
Because if you're not believing it, it's not good to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brothers may stumble. This is an important guidance because we are to be the Lord's witness to all who see. That means whatever we do, when somebody sees us, they say, oh, that's what God would want them to do. But if they see us and they know, come on, this is the worst part of it all, that we have people outside of the church can tell you that you're not living as a Christian. How is it that they don't know the Lord, they don't confess him, but they're going to tell you what a Christian ought to do? Because, let me help you out, because right is right and wrong is wrong. It's amazing. I don't got to walk into a church to know what right and wrong is because my heart will convict me. And so when we do it, we need to do it for the Lord. Say, therefore, do not let what is, your, what is for your good a thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but he says righteousness and peace and joy in the what? The Holy Spirit. Y'all see that spirit part? Because if I'm living for the kingdom, then I'm seeing acts or fruit of that in the spirit. Pastor Price talked about what's controlling you. If you control by the spirit, then you will pursue peace, joy, and righteousness. For in this way, this, we serve Christ, and it is acceptable, and it's approved not only by God, but also by men. Let me help somebody out. When they tell you that gold is pure, not only do you approve it, but everybody else does. Y'all catch that? You don't got to go and say, I got to take it back to the refiner. When you, they, somebody see pure gold, they know that's pure gold. They all can come to a consensus, to an agreement. You put out a measurement and you measure out a football field, they tell you that's 100 yards. Won't nobody argue with you. So, yeah, that's 100 yards. What's true is true. What's right is right. So if you're doing what God wants you to do, it's amazing how other people see it. But yet we got to be conscious that just because they don't do it the way we do it, we're going to look down upon them. That we're going to say, well, that's not how you ought to pray. What do you mean that's not how you ought to pray? I'm not praying to you. I'm praying to God. And I might split my infinitives, use my verbs wrong and, and mispronounce words, but I'm thank the Lord. He knows my heart. In Romans it says that the Holy Spirit can in- intercede and to interpret our prayers. When we don't have the words to say, it can interpret our moans and our groans. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't know what to pray, but I'm so glad the Holy Spirit helped me out. Because showing up, I was surely many times out of my right mind, but by his grace. So we see in this process that we need to not look down upon a brother or those who are weak, criticize the strong. But we need to realize that if you're doing it for the Lord and I'm doing it for the Lord, then we're doing it for the Lord. Tell your neighbor, it's all about Jesus. And so when we think about these processes, think of this, because therefore the best way to build is to follow the blueprint and pursue the kingdom of God. Because our Father in heaven truly knows best. You know that so, Father knows best. But think about our Heavenly Father. He truly knows best. For He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Therefore, with this trust in God, you will see him to do great things in your life and through your life because he is out of this world. Tell your name, he's out of this world because he's higher than us. He's bigger than us. Think about it, how they're still looking for the furthest stretch of the planet, but God's bigger than that. They're trying to find how to reach the Mars. God's further than that. 
but yet he's still close by. I don't know about you, but that just blows my mind. How the songs I searched all over, still can't find nobody. There's nobody like our God. So when we put this trust in him, as Paul put it in Ephesians, then we can look to him and says, now to him be all glory to God who is, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely. I like how the New Living puts it, infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. When we surrender to the kingdom of God, God is able to do infinitely more than what we can ask or think or imagine. Let me help somebody else. When we trust God, he blows our mind. Because he does not think like we think. For example, you thought that when you woke up this morning, what you was going to do. You had your mind already made up. But when somebody come by and blesses you with a Christmas card or a birthday card or you all of a sudden get a winner prize on the radio, that's more than what you thought. And oftentimes when we look at it, when we get blessed like that, it's meeting a need. Catch, catch how it works out. There's been many times in my life that I, 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 I was trusting in the Lord, trusting in the Lord, trusting in the Lord, working uh, my nine-to-five job, serving here as youth pastor, but I was on my wits and about to give me a third job because I had two jobs at the time, working on a third job, wondering how I'm going to pay for my broke-down car that wanted to break down again. But by God's grace, someone said to me, have you considered trying out for this job? I said, no, I have not. Well, I've given your name. So you gave my name to the, to, the, to the one who's interviewing? I've given your name to the one who's in it. I went to the interview. Now, y'all, some of y'all might remember, I, I was walking around with long hair, cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, walking into a government facility for an interview. Not very many of them look like me. I got hired on the spot. For, 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 for purposes of, I had to come back for my second interview, but I already had the job. Not because I was good, because I so never was bad. Not because I had good grades, because my grades were horrific. But by the grace of someone gave my name to the boss, the boss trusted that person and said, I'm willing to give you a chance. Let me help somebody out. If you look at your life and you start looking over and see how good you really are not, and you're going to realize that it's not because of how good you are or, or what you have done, but because somebody is seated at the right hand of the Father and has your names on his lips that the Father said, I'm going to bless those who call on my son. Because you're living for the kingdom. Am I talking to somebody here? How God can do above and beyond, we can ask or think at the right time. And so therefore, when we keep our focus on him, then we start realizing whom we are serving. It says that there's only one judge. Tell your neighbor there's only one judge. Help me preach this. And this one judge is over all. How the writer says that he will point out to it that every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall give respect unto God or give praise unto God. Jesus says this, that because he is the ultimate judge, he's going to judge life. Not only is he going to judge life, but tell you that he's also the Lord of life. And since he's the Lord of life who gives life, he wants us to have life more abundantly. He does not want us to stand before him and not make it in. 
Think about it for a moment. He's sending out invitations. That's why he tells that parable about the wedding supper. He's sending out invitations, telling him, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He wants you to come into the feast. He wants you to come into the house so that when you stand before him, he can let you in. And so if he's doing all of that, how is it that we decided that we want to do it our way? We're going to reject him, neglect him, disrespect him. But one day you're going to find out if you have not truly given your life over to the Lord, that one day you will confess. One day your knee will bow. And you will have to say, he is Lord. Because when you look and before him, you'll be in awe and trembling. I don't know about you, but it's going to be an awesome sight when you stand uh, before the Lord. But if you know Jesus, you'll be able to sing that good old hymn, When I See Jesus. Amen. And if you don't know him, you'll be in fear and in trembling. Because you will hear, depart from me. I do not know you. But if you're living by the king, you're going to live by faith. Tell your neighbor, live by faith. Because he says, whatever you do, you do it for who? The Lord. Not for your sake, not for someone else's sake, but do it for the Lord. Because a righteous walk by faith, not by sight. So it means here that when you look at the, at the issue where they're talking about the food, when you're looking at the food, you realize that before I eat, I bless the Lord. I say, Lord, thank you for this food on my plate. And, Lord, I, I'm eating, and it's for your glory. Lord, if I drink, it's for your glory. When I come here to worship, it's for your glory. I didn't show up for somebody to say, I saw you at church. I don't show up to tell somebody I go to church. But when I show up, Lord, it's personal. I want to give you glory. And, and then when it gets personal and other people make it personal, it starts becoming contagious. And then we can start worshiping God together and magnify his holy name. And say, Lord, be pleased with our praises. May we lift up clean hands and a pure heart. Because when we're living in the spirit, we're living for the kingdom. Because standing on God's promise lets us know that if we trust him, he will be pleased. Because do you know that in every God's promise there's a yes, there's an Amen. God is not slack in his word. He will say he will do it. I don't know about you, but, but, but if you have not seen it in your life, just hold on. And you might look back over your life and see that he's been doing it over and over again. I, I, I'll give you a great drastic example of how God can just speak on his promise. Jesus showed up at a dead man's grave. And they told him that if he was here, he would not have died. He said, he's all right already. This is my translation. Go back, read it for yourself. You don't like my translation. But my translation says this this way. He said, if you don't worry about it, he's okay because I am here. And my translation, I see it with my imagination. I got imagination when I read a book. I imagine my own. He says this. He says, I am the life and the resurrection. And though he may die, yet he shall live. So he's pointing out, since I'm here, he's not dead. Because I'm life, I'm the resurrection. So everything's all right because I'm here. And since I'm here, I can change situations. And since I'm here, hope is not lost. Because I'm here, things can blow your mind. 
Then the other sister came out crying, saying, uh, 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 you should have been here quicker. He says, where's the grave? Oh, he's been dead for four days. That's all right. Move back to stone. Lazarus, come forth. Then he says, unbound him, untie him so he can move about. But he's been dead. This is them, them saying it out loud. This is my translation, I'm telling you. But he's dead. He stinks now. He's been decaying for some days. But when they unbound him, all they found was life. Because this is why. Paul closes it out with Isaiah 49. I want to read what it says in Isaiah 45. Look what it says here. Reading from the New American Center. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens. He is a God who formed the earth and made it. He established and did not create it a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in some dark land. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in waste place. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, declaring things that are upright. Gather yourselves and come. Draw near together. You fugitives of the nations, they gather yourselves and come. Draw near together. You fugitives of the nations, they have no knowledge, who carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God who cannot save Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together who has announced this from other gods besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none except me. Turn to me and be saved. All the ends are there, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth in my mouth in my mouth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back that to me. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will swear allegiance. I want to close with this thought that if you look at it, if you're serving for the Lord, you're going to realize that he is going to do and accomplish his will. And if you do not know him as your Lord and you're not serving him, you're going to find out everything else is empty. Everything else is vain. It's not able to save. It does not have the power to save. But the Lord is mighty in power. And so if you look at that and you look how great he is, how small we are, well, stop worrying about somebody else. I, I, I wish I was talking to somebody here this morning. I ain't got time to tell you what's good and what's right. When I got issues in my own life, I'm trying to get together. I'm trying to tell you how to get your house in order and my house is showing up a plain up mess and Lord I'm in need for you to come by here somebody needs you Lord I'm in desperate need and, and the Lord is saying just turn to me I will speak into your life and give you a promise that nobody else can take away from you because I will accomplish my will. My word will go out and never come back void. My word speaks and things start happening And this is what I know about the Word. The Word became flesh. This Word that became flesh, the writer says, we behold His glory. We touched Him, we fellowship with Him, we saw Him, and, and, and He is the light of the world. And when I think about the light of the world, He also said, Jesus says, I am the light of life. When I think about the word, it says, by his word, everything came into existence and it sustains its existence by the word. And so what's this word? This word is Mary's little baby. This word is the bright and the morning star. 
This word is the Alpha and the Omega. This word is the Prince of Peace. This word is the Lily in the Valley. This word is the Lamb of Judah. This word is the Mighty Lion of Zion. This word is a root of Jesse, the root of Israel. This word is the true vine. This word is our redeemer. This word means salvation. This word is mighty to save. This word is able to above and exceed beyond we can ask or think or imagine. This word is able to reach down through the depths of hell and save a despairing soul. This word speaks life and life everlasting. This word bled and died on the cross and spoke some other words. Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. This word defeated death and rose again from the grave for our justification. This word is at the right hand on the Father, having more words on his lips, saying, Lord, I'm interceding for them. Lord, I want you to bless them. Lord, I'm preparing a place for them. Lord, these are my children. And when you know this word, then when you look at your brother, you see the word. You see the word. You see how you should show love, show kindness, show mercy. And realize when you know the word, you see the word, you live out the word. As you will do unto others, you have them do unto you. And cast this as a word. If they don't know better, you show them how to do it better. Does not Jesus show us how to live better when we mess up? Does he not give up on us but tell us, get up? When we know this word and we live for this kingdom, it's amazing how our perspective changes. This is a perspective that needs to change that no longer do we look with a judgment attitude one to another. But we look to have peace. We look to build up one another. We look to see how God will be glorified by the words of my mouth. We look how when we can praise him. I I don't know about you, but when I'm praising the Lord, I don't start thinking about how I can mess up somebody. When I'm singing praises, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do on the weekend. So if you start struggling and start mind going, just start praising him. Just start praising him. Just start praising him. Praise is to give him the glory he deserves. To say, Lord, you are holy. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Lord, you saved me out of a darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, you've been good to me that I woke up one more day. Lord, my, my, my troubles seem big, but Lord, you're bigger than my problems. And when you start worshiping him and serving him, it's a lot easier for you to look at those who need some assistance and say, Lord, help me to be a help to them. Help me to love them, Lord, as you loved on me. Help me be merciful, Lord, you've been merciful with me. And that's me living for the kingdom because I know it's not popular. But I'm not trying to be popular. But I want to live for the kingdom. Because if Jesus wanted to be popular, he would have been hung out with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But he didn't want to be these religious leaders thinking that they were better than him. But he's showing us that he will be friends with the sinners. So this is our challenge. To live for the kingdom. And be friends with the sinners. And be careful not to cause them to stumble. But to build them up. Not to look down upon them. But help them as you look up. To the hills which come with our help. And our help cometh for the Lord. Living for the kingdom. Living for the kingdom. Every head bowed, every eyes closed.
Father, we come to you right now, God. Realize, oh Lord, that you have challenged us, you have charged us to live for your kingdom. Not to be pleasing to others, oh God. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us for the times we have allowed our flesh to have us more concerned, concerned about what others thought about us than how we could bring glory to your name. Lord, speak to our hearts for your servants are listening. Lord, I agree with the prayer that revealed to us what we need to remove from us so that we can build up our brother and sister in Christ. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Father, Lord, I pray right now that you confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that, you have, that Jesus is Lord and that you rose him from the grave and that they will know that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you do not know Jesus, and today you confess him as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand. No one's looking but me if that's you. If that's you, if that's you, God bless you, God bless you. You may be looking for a church home. We pray that if this is the place that God has led you, we open up our arms to welcome you here in this fellowship. We want to pray with you right now. Father, Lord, we pray that we will open up our hearts, O oh God, as you have led them here, and that we will be obedient, Almighty God, to build them up and not tear them down, and to encourage them in Christ as they will build us up and not tear us down, and encourage us in Christ. And together, God, will be living for your kingdom and showing the whole world, Almighty God, that you are mighty to save, so that we'll be the light of this world, the salt of the earth, and draw all men unto you, Almighty God, by how we love one another. We give you the glory, God. We give you the praise. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen.